Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Dr. Katina Sawyer. And welcome to Thriving at Work, a Worker Being podcast. You can learn more about us on our website, workerbeing.com, or on social media, or you can support our community. You can find more details about us at workerbeing.com slash community. So today, we're actually going to be talking about job change and the impact on well-being. It's a fun topic, different topic, not one I've read too much about. Um, so my first question for you, Katina, you know, we both changed jobs recently, actually, so that's kind of <laughs> interesting, um, probably very relevant to us. What do you think the hardest part of a job change is? Hmm. The hardest part of a job change. Mm-hmm. I think, and maybe this is just indicative of what I'm finding challenging right now, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think it's like figuring out who to go to for what and who knows what and who the right people are to ask your questions to, to get the right answers that you need. Like, I feel like that, like, what's it called? Knowledge. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Mm, I, I Capital. Do know knowledge related capital that's not it but it's something like that <laughs> the the understanding of who has that capital is sometimes challenging to figure out and you sort of need to know that to get the wheels turning on things so i think learning that's probably the hardest part for me who to go to for what and who knows what yeah i actually was thinking something sort of similar for me, I was thinking like context, which is similar in the sense of like having background knowledge. I feel like the hardest part of a job change is like you come in, you're like all excited to start contributing, but then you realize like whatever you're doing may not make sense in that context. And there's like all this background information that you have to figure out. And sometimes it's hard to know like what is the right question to get you the information yeah. you need so that what you're delivering actually makes sense um, for you know, the team, the company, whatever that you're working for. So I think that like understanding the background knowledge, the context is really important. And that I think is probably the hardest thing to learn. Yeah, that makes sense. Some around the history and making sure that the suggestions that you're making, the plans that you're putting together will resonate based on the history mm -hmm. and then kind of combined with part of the history is, Who's like, I think it's really important to know, like, who's the person like every organization has mm -hmm. like the person or the couple people who have been there a long time and kind of know stuff and can be that font of information and finding those people and getting a download can be helpful. Um, yeah, we we really focused a lot on very like practical <laughs> things. too. <laughs> We're not like the hardest part is like missing people or the hardest part is like whatever it's like we're Making just like new friends. we <laughs> find information get information um, <laughs> it's okay I think that that is about right in terms of our like work mode yeah I think so I mean it's uh, they're very much related right it's all about like where do we get the right information that to help us be successful and to do what we need to do um so, I mean, I do think that's, that is really important. This study talks a little bit about the types of things that might impact wellness. So it's not about the things that we find the hardest necessarily, um, but like <laughs> the things that, you know, can really impact how you're feeling. So things like, you know, um, work family conflict, which obviously could change. You have a new job, like your routines change, things like that. 
um, job satisfaction, stuff like that. So the, the couple of takeaways I want to highlight before we dive in a little deeper. The first one is that changing jobs can be hard and that your well-being takes a hit whenever you change a job, which I feel like mm. is counterintuitive because I think a lot of people change jobs to get out of bad situations. Um, but the research shows that changing jobs actually can hurt your wellness at first. Hmm. The difficulties with job changes. I know it is right. And the difficulties with job changes can last up to five years after the change. What? Uh huh. I know. That's long. I know. And um, when it comes to why people change jobs, job satisfaction, so being less satisfied in your job and increases in work-life conflict, are uh, two key things that lead to you changing your job. Hmm. Okay. So we know a little bit about why people change their jobs, what sort of negative things drive people towards changing their job. And then we're going to talk a little bit about some of the challenges in changing jobs, maybe a little bit of like the grass isn't always completely greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, I really want to go back to your first takeaway and hear a little bit more detail about that because I think it's interesting that there are some challenges associated with changing jobs because not only do people, like you said, leave jobs because they're like, oh, I'm going to go into this new job and it will be better ostensibly. But I also feel like people are like, oh my gosh, you're starting a new job. That's so exciting. Congratulations. And nobody's like, how are you doing? Um, In the same way, because people associate it with like an exciting time, but not necessarily as much like a challenging time, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, totally. I don't, I feel like everyone's like excited for you. You're excited too. And Um, it's interesting because I feel like you may not even realize that your wellness is being hit hard in the way that the study is done. So let me talk a little bit about that because I think that'll help you kind of get your head wrapped around it. Um, so the study, we'll put a link in the show notes as always by Sons and Neeson, new study, um, in the Journal of Applied Psychology. And what they did is they actually looked at a period of 12 years. So it's a big longitudinal study using data from Australia. So it's like, as you can imagine, whenever we see a study like this, there's usually some sort of um, like government data, things like that, right? That's being tracked Mm -hmm. that leads to these really big, long sample sizes. And that's exactly what's happening here. Um, So they're looking over 12 years with how people feel um, around things like job satisfaction, around things like um, vitality, they measured work-life conflict, they measured sense of belonging, which, spoiler alert, actually had no, there was like really nothing associated Hmm. with with sense of belonging, which I thought was interesting too. That is interesting. Yeah. And then they looked at those types of measures, but then they also were just looking at like, did you change jobs? You know, how long have you been in your job? So they were able to track people over 12 years when they changed jobs, when they, um, you know, we're staying in job, like some people obviously stayed in the job the whole time, right? So it kind of varied depending on each individual person's experience. So you see there's 12 different measurements um, going on. It's over basically a 12, well, I think it's like a 13, 14 year period. They're collecting this data. Um, so there's thousands of people in the sample and tons and tons of information that they were able to glean from it, which is pretty cool. That is cool. So they're basically able to say, okay, if you change jobs this year, then next year, did this change for you? Like they're able to predict things over time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay, cool. 
And um, and it's really important that this is all about voluntary job change. So it's not about being laid off or, you know, um, even retirement, I guess, wouldn't count there, right? Because you're not just cha- you're not mm-hmm. changing a job. So it's anything that's like involuntary. You work in a seasonal role. You are temporary job. Um, the company closed, whatever. All those things mm-hmm. don't count. So it's only people that were like gainfully employed that then decided they wanted to do something else and change their jobs. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So we're not really looking at job loss or mourning job loss. Mm-mm. You're looking at people that are deciding to take on a new role. Exactly. Yep. Cool. Okay. Well, that's good context. Yeah. So the key things to know is when they looked at job satisfaction, they actually saw that when you change your job, you actually, your job satisfaction levels or how you rated job satisfaction declines right after a job change. So mm. if you... You know, even when you, if you left a job that you hated, your job satisfaction was higher than it was right after you started a new job. And you see this like mm. big decline. And I guess the lowest amount about a year and two months into the fir- that job. That's when you're like least satisfied with the job. But mm. then it starts to go up and then it stabilizes at around three years. So you're sitting there like around three years, you're kind of at the level of job satisfaction you're generally going to be at, which is more, a little, mm. is more positive than when you first started. Okay. So, um, do they have an explanation for why that might be the case? Is it just that starting a new job is like new challenges, new tasks? Do they think it's because, I mean, they probably don't know quite why, but, Mm -hmm. um, do they have a sense of, or did they propose any ideas about why that might be true? Yeah, they don't really know why, like you said, but the thoughts they had were, well, you know, in a new job, like you just don't know if you're satisfied at first, right? You might not feel Mm -hmm. like, like, is this what I wanted? Is this not what I wanted? I'm still figuring things out. And like, maybe at first it's like, I feel like most jobs you start and you're like, this isn't exactly what I thought. And Mm -hmm. maybe that makes you kind of feel worse about it for a period of time. So that first year where you're really transitioning, um, that seems to be the hardest and you kind of are just like not super happy in the job. Um, Gotcha. Yeah, which is fascinating because I feel like most people, when you ask them after they change jobs, they like it. They're like really positive about it. But then I started, I was noodling on this a lot because I'm sitting here like, what did, how did I feel like when I've changed jobs? Like I've changed jobs a few times in the past few years and like, I feel like I like my job, but then when I really think about it, like I, it's true. I don't think that my job satisfaction was super high because Mm -hmm. I was still, there's a lot of uncertainty so I probably yeah. would answer questions a little bit more conservatively than I would, you know, a couple of years down the road when I know what I'm really into. Yeah. And I mean, to your point, too, even when we think about when we're doing predictive studies to see whether or not something that you put in place in your workplace, an intervention or a new selection system or performance management system, and we try to see if it has an impact on employee performance we are on employee satisfaction or attitudes or really anything about employees. We don't like to use anyone who hasn't been there for at least six months. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's kind of a cut that we use. So there is some science to suggest that your satisfaction doesn't stabilize until later on down the line. So it could just be that you're sort of answering like, well, it seems okay, but I don't really know if this is a place in the long term that I'm going to be happy yet because 
I haven't seen enough to really feel comfortable making that determination. Yeah, I think that's a big piece of it. And it's interesting that it doesn't really stabilize in this data set until after three years. So the first yeah. three years are a little more volatile and you tend to feel a little bit worse. And then after three years, like you have your bearings and your job satisfaction becomes more stable. You know, I wonder if it has anything to do with feeling like you're making an impact. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there's a period of time where you're getting your bearings and you're trying to like kind of prove yourself in this new environment and you want to get opportunities that are going to allow you to grow and shine. And in order to do that, you have to be able to kind of show people in your workplace what you can do and start to feel comfortable that they respect the work that you do and that you're actually having a positive impact. Maybe all those sorts of things kind of add up over time to create um, more of a stable perception. Whereas as you're trying to get your bearings, you're still trying to figure out your place and everybody else's place. And it's a little more confusing. Yeah, I think that's a big piece of it is that like uncertainty, like not feeling fully confident about things. Like I just think about, okay, when I had a boss for like a long period of time, I knew how that person functioned and worked and I knew like, you know, when I should read something into what they're saying is a bad thing. When, you know, I knew how to manage that. If it's a new leader Mm -hmm. too, that's a whole other level of like stress that we're not even talking about. But I think that there's something there, right? Like your new boss has a different style of communication. And now you're just like, I don't know, do they hate me? (laughs) Like, why are they not talking this way, the way the other person used to? So it takes you a while to kind of figure out like what their expectations are, how they communicate if you're like matching what they expected or how you're performing in a way and like they don't want to get in a lot of times like a good leader is not going to be like giving you a ton of feedback right up front besides like something like learning feedback but you know telling you things are really not going well people give people chances right so your first six months at least you're kind of in that period where everyone's kind of being sort of easier on you right because they know you're new But then you're not getting that performance feedback that you probably need to know that things are going well and to feel comfortable and more stable. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about too, like, um, in academia, I know this isn't true in other places, but we have a third year review, um, which is like one major milestone on the way to tenure, which usually is a six or seven year process, but they give you this third year review because they feel like within three years, you should be able to like get your bearings, get set up, start something meaningful and have something to show for it within that period of time that fits with their expectations reasonably. I don't think there's any scientific reason why they pick three years, but it is interesting that it's persisted for so long that the three-year performance review is something that is like a big milestone of trying to assess what impact you've had and whether or not they think you'll be able to continue to have an impact. Um, there may be something about that mark that actually allows you to get in, get your feet wet, start projects and move them forward meaningfully Mm -hmm. in a way that you actually start to feel good about them by the time you're there for a few years. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a big piece of it, right? That's the first year you're still learning a lot. You might bring some projects to a close, but you probably had a little bit more handholding than you normally would need or, you know, you're having to ask more questions than your second year. You would think that you now are kind of more on your own and performing more so. And then by the third year, you should really have a good grasp of what's going on. So I think I think that's a big piece of this uh, job satisfaction component. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, yeah. So basically, the take home point here is that if you're feeling like you've switched jobs and you're not 
like over the moon um, about mm-hmm. it. That's normal. Like mm-hmm. you, it takes some time to get adjusted. Exactly. So don't feel weird that you're like really unhappy in a job um, for the first few months, first year even. Um, unless there's something really toxic or horrible going on, there's a good chance that you're just kind of going through this normal process, um, when you first started and really from an organizational perspective or from a leadership perspective, it would be useful to understand, you know, how your employees feeling, checking in with them, knowing that a transition can be stressful. Um, they may not be happy right away and kind of figuring out like, what are the things that are making them not happy? Um, and try really just kind of opening the channel to that discussion because they're new and they're probably scared to tell you some of these things, but try to build that trust and openness. So then maybe they can tell you like, yeah, not a hundred percent sure about my expectations or not a hundred percent sure about how I did on this thing or what have you. And then maybe you'll be able to give them some support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds really good. I like that. Um, takeaway a lot. Um, Maybe we can hear a little bit more about the other two takeaways now. Yeah. So then kind of deeper into some of these pieces. So like I mentioned the five-year mark as that when job changes, um, when you have difficulties, the job changes can last up to five years. So that kind of leads to a specific finding around vitality. So if our listeners that have listened for a long time, you probably remember us talking about vitality before, but vitality like basically measures like how much energy you have, like enthusiasm. It's kind of like those positive emotions at work. And we see in this study that job changes leads to a decline in vitality as well. So your vitality levels, you start to rate yourself lower when you have a job change. And that actually is at its lowest point four years and four months into your job. Hmm. Then it starts to increase slowly over time and levels off. So really like the first four and a half, five years of a new, being at a new company and a new job, you are, because this is all, by the way, these are all external job changes, not just like a promotion in the same company, but like moving to a different company, then your vitality declines. You're actually like less energetic for a while about your job. Hmm. That's really interesting. Um, so it may have something to do with sort of these adjustment periods that we talked about and Mm kind of getting your bearings and feeling like you're using some extra energy just to understand what to do, how to do it, learn the people, learn the systems and feel like you're making an impact. Do they have a reason why they propose that vitality in particular might decline until that point yeah they were honestly it seemed like the authors were surprised it was so long um Mm. the main thing that they were talking about was resources exactly what you're saying so you know it takes more resources to learn the new processes figure out who the right person is ask the questions learn the context all the things that we talked about as challenges up front like those are resources you don't have access to you don't have access to the context yet you don't have access to who does what and where and how yet right it takes you a while Mm -hmm. to get there so it's it makes sense that it would be draining I feel like I can definitely attest to the fact that job changes a lot of job changes have been very draining up front like I think that's Mm. true because you're learning so much but I think just the fact that it goes so long is really interesting but I'm guessing the lowest point being at four years and four months, my read on it is, and this is not what the author said, and we don't have any date on this, but my read on it is like at first you, 
it's it's not like a drastic decline. It's not like all of a sudden you have like low vitality, right? But you start to kind of get yeah. more tired because you're in this learning phase. And then I kind of wonder if at some point you start getting more put on your plate because you're no longer new. And so there's mm-hmm. like this interaction between you're still not fully comfortable and fully settled and fully understanding things and you might have lack some resources, but now you're also expected to do more. So that could create some, you know, exhaustion and less of that excitement and enthusiasm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense that you're sort of like, as Britney Spears would say, you're not a girl, but not yet a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I feel like uh, that's that's a good point. And I also was thinking, I wonder if it has something to do with promotability, like Mm -hmm. People come into organizations and maybe they don't get promoted as quickly as they thought they would. And a lot of people take several years before they get a big promotion. And so maybe it's like over time you're like, hey, I feel like I've been doing a good job. Maybe I'm ready for the next role. And if that's stagnating a little bit, you might get that big or people might be more likely to get that big promotion after the five-year mark, let's say. I don't know what the data would say about that, but that would Mm -hmm. be kind of interesting to look into is whether or not it has something to do with when they put you into your next roll up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point because usually before that five-year mark, you might get like a step up, like a manager to senior manager, but like going to a director would be probably longer, right? Going from a director to a VP or director or senior director to VP would be a bigger step, but director to senior director, smaller step. So you'll probably see a smaller step first and then a bigger step and those smaller steps don't always feel that meaningful so I could see that yeah. being part of it yeah maybe there's something to do with like at the five-year mark a lot of people tend to get their first big promotion and then they're like woohoo and they're excited <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah that's possible um the last these are all good reasons yeah <laughs> I know it's like we're all surmising what these reasons are I think the big takeaway like you had said with job satisfaction is like knowing that it's normal knowing that it's normal to be really tired when you start a new job knowing that it yeah. can take time for you to feel like fully energized um knowing that you know you're probably gonna see some declines before it gets easier and that that's completely normal and so not like blaming the job and like piecing out really fast right if that's what's mm-hmm. happening if there's nothing toxic that is and so I think that there's um that's a big learning and then I also think from an employer perspective you know kind of nurturing those people like the socialization period the onboarding period the new hire period really is a lot longer than we would think because of this data like so we need to be aware that people are not necessarily going to be feeling their absolute best for a, a little while Hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense I think I think those are good takeaways because I, like we said before, I don't think that that's intuitive. I don't think people always think about that. No. The final one that I wanted to call out in terms of these, like, like three things that impact well-being that are impacted badly by job change is work-family conflict. So in this one, when you change jobs, you actually see a big increase in conflict. And this is probably as you're Mm -hmm. figuring out your routine and all that kind of stuff. And you see the worst work-family conflict at three years and five months after you start a job. So now mm. you see that increase it's about three and a half years in, then it starts to decline and become more stable. So it, there's like a theme, right? We're seeing through, you know, three-ish years, four-ish years for work-family conflict vitality. Luckily for job satisfaction, it's earlier. It's in like the one-year mark, but it takes you a while to really figure things out. 
Yeah, I think that's super interesting because I think a big take home across all of these is it's a little bit disruptive to start a new job and it actually takes you a little bit longer to get situated than people might assume, both from a work perspective and from a family perspective. Um, and as you mentioned, the, those are important things to know because on one hand, you can be more compassionate to people, look out for people more, ask people more questions about how they're adjusting, settling in, all of that. Um, but on the flip side, you know, you can also give yourself some more grace if you're feeling like, oh, I switched this job and maybe that wasn't the right choice for me because things don't feel like ideal yet. It might take longer to get to that point than you're allowing yourself to account for. Yeah, I think that's a big piece. And, you know, people change jobs a lot too. And uh, especially like you younger people as they're starting their career tend to kind of move around a little bit more. So I think that's something to know as well that, you know, there is definitely benefit to changing jobs, um, for specific reasons, but, um, just a job change for a job change sake is probably something to consider not doing and see if you can get yeah. past some of that, like the, these like heavier things up front and maybe you'll actually be a lot better off in that organization for a while. And it's kind of funny because I had a boss, a previous boss that made a joke with me because at like about a year and a half into that, my job with her, I came to her with a counter offer. I like interviewed somewhere else and she was like, you're it's too soon. Don't leave. And I didn't end up leaving. But then like I did that at the job, the next job after I actually did leave um, within that before the two year mark. And mm -hmm. she has this joke about me having this like, one to two year itch to like leave and I, but I'm kind of looking at this data and I'm like maybe that's why maybe I'm like not yeah. feeling my best because I haven't settled in and then once I settled in like I stayed at that that job with her for a while for more than yeah. five years and I think that there may be something to it maybe I was kind of feeling like that lower energy and some of that work family conflict because I hadn't really settled in as well as I could yeah I think that's a really good point and I think um you know, the point that you made before that about, hey, you know, frequent job changes are a trend. People talk a lot about, and, and they've been a trend for a long time. People talk a lot about uh, the benefits now of hopping around to different jobs because you can learn new skills. And if you feel like you're not growing in your role anymore, it can be good to change jobs. And all that's true. But there could be some setbacks from a vitality perspective and a work family perspective associated with hopping uh, that maybe could be avoided if you just gave your current role a little more time to show you its best. Yeah. And I think companies can take this as a lesson too, right? So instead of losing people at that like two, three year mark where you see a lot of job changes, know that actually after that four and a half year mark, you'll see vitality start to go up. Okay, so what can you do to help people during those first several years? Like it's not just mm -hmm. a 90 days of new hire stuff by you're on your own. Maybe there are ways that you can engage with employees and like help them through that long that transition and they stay longer and then you're going to get I mean realistically as a company you'll get more out of them, right? Once they're feeling mm -hmm. better, once they have you know, higher vitality, more job satisfaction, all of that, they're going to be performing better too. So it's actually a benefit to the organization to try to make an environment that's easy to transition into and has a lot of support up front so people can push through this and do better. Yeah. 
I love that. I mean, I think these are great suggestions. I think that this is a really practically oriented article because so many people switch jobs and you really just think of it if you're doing it voluntarily, like the people in this article were. Um, you just think of it as kind of a joyous occasion to start a new place and congrats on your new opportunity and all that kind of stuff. And I don't think that people take enough of the drawbacks into account, at least to make an educated decision. We're obviously not trying to say that you shouldn't um, take on a new job role or change jobs, but it is worth thinking about, you know, how people actually consider whether or not they should move job roles. And this might be something just to take into account as you're making those decisions moving forward. Yeah, totally agree. So I think there are some key things that you can do as an individual person and companies also can really focus on how to improve that experience in the first five years to help themselves as well and help the employees along the way. So yeah, I thought it was a great article. Super interesting. Um, definitely a few surprises around the length of time it takes to really yeah. settle in and stabilize. Um, but yeah, I think it's a lot of a lot of good things to know. It's like definitely one of those things. There's like a lot of good things to know so that you can think about it and be more informed when you're making decisions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so glad that you found this article and I know I learned a lot from it and I'm sure everybody else did too. Yes. And hopefully all the listeners, you found this interesting as well and some good takeaways. Um, really appreciate you listening. And if you need to find us, you know how to get to us. You can reach us at workerbeing.com. You can email us at contact at workerbeing.com. And again, you can always join our community, um, support our work and meet other like-minded folks at workerbeing.com slash community. Thanks for listening. Thriving at Work is hosted by us. Dr. Patricia Grabarek and Dr. Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. Thank you.